Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thanks so much for listening to these episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the absolute world to me. I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. I use cartoons all the time because they're great devices. They're, they're almost always the best read and remembered parts of magazines and newspapers, so people really pay attention to them. I guess you could say they draw them in, but, but they're really, really effective devices for getting anybody's attention and getting them to smile. And if you do that, if you laugh, if they laugh, they're, well, what laughter is and what humor is, it's about truth yep. being revealed in a twist. You've got to get around people that are doing the shit you want to be doing on the level and volume of what you want to be doing. Go in and be the damn student. I could learn every person in this room. Think about how you talk about your business. Yes, passion sells. Because you can't carry on a real conversation outside the passion. You're going to lose. So the whole point of all is one, show up as you fucking loud. Two, get yourself in prick and brooms that scare the shit out of you. It's really about looking at those things that you know will move the business forward and doing amazing race. Thank you for allowing me to always show up with me and thank you for showing up as you. All right, this idea of weeds has got me fuddled. Walk me through, what the hell is a weed strategy? Hey, by the way, I just want to make sure you know you notice that I wore the, 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 the right t-shirt for it. Weed officer <laughs> His shirt says chief weed <laughs> officer. That's, a, that's awesome. That's uh, awesome. So, well, so we're going to, we're going to talk about weed strategy and about, um, about how to grow your business and, and why that, why, why would your business have anything to do with weeds? And, um, and I think it might be helpful to tell sort of my origination story about that a little bit. Does that make sense? Please. So Please. I was driving yep. down the Santa Monica freeway many, many years ago, and I spotted this dandelion growing from a crack in, in the concrete median. Well, so you might think of it. Well, anyway, if you think about it, and first of all, that's something that we've seen a million times before, everybody in our lives, those weeds are growing out of cracks everywhere. So, so that wasn't unusual, but I just noticed, what I, what I noticed about it was that, you know, it had that, those happy yellow flowers and those seeds flying around. It looked, it, was, it looked like it was having a blast out there in the middle of the freeway running its process. And I just thought, you know, that's incredible because, you know, you might wonder, well, how did it get there? And we know exactly how they get there. They have seeds that fly around and they probe every possible opportunity to take root. And so, um, you know, that's obvious. But if you think about other plants or trees, or like there are no oak trees growing out of cracks in the concrete median or rose brushes right. or petunias. Most of them don't have that. Well, let's just face it. I mean, the, the, the dandelions have this unfair advantage in the way that their seeds are, are made and how they, how they work. So they don't just drop at their at their roots like acorns and pine cones and everything else. They fly around. They they they've got an unfair advantage. So I just wondered, well, what is it about? We, and the other thing is, we all know what it means to grow like a weed. And I was just wondering, what is it about weeds that makes them so special that that they can pull off these things that other plants can't? And do they have a model like that? Do they are they all doing the same thing? Is there a, a unified model for growth? And and if there is, what is it? And can we can we apply it to our businesses? And that set me on this long, long journey that that culminated in in the in the book, How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. And and um 
what I discovered was they do have a, a model. They're all doing the same thing. They do it in different ways, which is really cool. It's kind of how we do it in business. Business is a very creative enterprise. And, and so there are all kinds of expressions. They're never the same, unless people are copying, I suppose, but yeah, they're never the same. So same with weeds, but they're all doing the same thing. They're all following this, this model that I think is actually the, probably a theory of everything about growing anything. So I, I love this, you know, when you think about the dandelion as a whole, you know, there's this dandelion that you could almost challenge beat all possible odds to grow in the most random places. And you talk about this unfair advantage, right? So for, for us, you know, we run these B2B networking groups, service-based businesses, we're bringing people in, you know, and there's, there's you know, big competition, you know, all across the board. And I've never really worried about competition, but I've recognized that they're there. Um, you know, the biggest organization on the planet's got 400,000 members in it and has done an amazing job at cultivating that community. Um, some of the other competitors um, charge a hell of a lot more higher prices or are doing more kind of private elite rooms. We're caught somewhere in the middle of those two types of companies um, and out there. So how do we as a company start thinking about what is our unfair advantage? I mean, we've done a lot of things like we're virtual. We don't allow MLMs, you know, and the likes into the organization. But how would I go about creating unfair advantage for myself or for our companies? Well, I mean, first I should explain that that model, how this all fits together is that the weeds all do the same thing. They all leverage a fierce mindset. I had to think that something without brains can, can have a mindset, but watch what they do in your yard. They have a very, I mean, they think they're right back. They're, they're persistent and aggressive and resilient and, and they're collaborative, natural collaborators. So they have a definite mindset and they leverage that fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that's, well, in their case, millions of years old. They've been working at this, this process for a long time. And so um, it, what's interesting about their process is really it's their evolution. And it's just, it's just programmed into their DNA. They all run the same process um, together. And that's what makes them so powerful. That's what makes them grow like crazy. So, so coming back to unfair advantages, I think one of the things that, that I see being your unfair advantage is you, um, your business about, is about networking. So you have a network. I mean, it is a network. And so I would say that maybe yep. your biggest advantage is, um, is the people that you have in those networks. Would you agree? But I, I would think that probably a lot of growth in your business comes, maybe it all comes from directly, comes directly from the, the people that are part of the network. Does yeah, that, we're very sense? much a word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely a word of mouth uh, based company. So um, we are heavily dependent on getting the members of our chapters to bring more people to the playground because um, they know and they've discovered the more people they bring to the playground, the more opportunities they get for their own business. Yeah. So, and, and we constantly tell people, man, you want to be sitting around people each week that you would be proud to introduce to other people, right? And you create yeah. this environment yeah. of a bunch of people that are all going for it and you want to be around and are excited to tell other people about them. That kind of, our biggest unfair advantage, I think. So I think, and I don't know what you do. We're going to talk about it because I'm coaching you, but uh, I don't know quite what you do yet to, to cultivate that. But the more you can cultivate it, the better. 
the thing is you wouldn't offer them, let's say, I don't know, some sort of a cash incentive to do it. That doesn't, that's the wrong, the wrong approach. Right. The right approach is they go in and they just get incredible value and they're just like, they can't wait to get to the next meeting. And, and they're, and really here's the bottom line. They're growing because they're part of the network. And when that happens, they're going yep. to be telling anybody, well, they won't tell the competitors, but they'll tell friends and, and colleagues, you've got to join this thing because man, you wouldn't believe what I have to, I've, I'm using what I'm learning there and it's incredible. And, and so, um, and I know you have a story, you have a backstory that, cause we've, we've spoken before, you have a backstory that, that I think probably helps, but I think it's, I think really, I would, I think one of the, one of the big unfair advantages you have is that you have this giant engine of stories that are, ha that you know, we know they're happening out there because mm. they're part of your network. So what are those stories? What are people, what are people experiencing because they're part of your yeah, network? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that would be, that would be huge. Um, the other thing is you could even sort of, well, I, I don't know whether this is gamifying it or, well, we'll use the word gamify for, for now, but, but um, does anyone have an award? Right now, some sort of networking award. Someone who, I mean, is there is there is there such a thing? I, you know I, what, I honestly don't have any idea. I don't think uh, there is. Um, I mean, well, certainly I don't know of one, but it would be really cool to uh, to um, start like a competition uh, or well, an award, an annual award, let's say, of just the how do we put it? Because I've not thought about it until right now, but but just you know. What are the effects of, of being a part of a network? We all know, we've heard the, the expression, just, you know, your, your net worth is your, is your network or something like that. Your network is your net worth. Yeah. Um, yep. You need a bet. You need a better one that you can own, but, but something along those lines, something that, that has people saying, yeah, you know what? That's true. Gosh, so much comes from my network. And the more I build it, the more successful I am. I, I like the idea of awards. Um, what what I don't know is what particularly we should award for, right? Um, right. You know what 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 is that? So so if you think about it, these people, um, we call them champions. So the champions show up each week in a virtual one hour meeting. In that meeting, they're going to get a chance to introduce themselves. They're going to get some tremendous education. There's going to be breakout rooms to where they can collaborate, interact, and network. And ultimately, they're going to give a ton of introductions to the right people, the right opportunities, and the right places. So we're proactively creating an environment for them to grow their business. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to create awards for, okay, you gave an introduction like or something like that, because that should be the yeah, no, question of it. Yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's the best stories. Like, what was the biggest result of one of the, uh, of an introduction that you received, what was the biggest result of an introduction you gave? I don't know, something like that. Wouldn't those be cool? Oh, because, I like that. You know, because then you'd be going, okay, well, this is really kind of, um, I mean, you know, I've written a couple of books. One of them is about how to get a, one of them is called how to get a meeting with anyone. And the thing that made, one of the things that made that book so strong is, is gathering up these stories of what people were doing really audacious things to, to get meetings. And then like what, what kind of response rates they were getting. And they, the highest response rate to these contact campaigns we discovered is over 300%. That means that three times wow. as many people who received the campaign actually responded. That's crazy. And, and the highest ROI is, 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 um, 
96,500,000%. In other words, someone spent 28 bucks on a on a, a Facebook ad to reach the right buyer at Walmart and they did. And it resulted in it was a it was a 20 million dollar result from a $28. Wow. So um so coming up with stories like that, that that's I mean that's what causes people to then turn around and talk about the champion network. I mean, I hope I got that right, but the yeah. champion network. Success champion network. You're fine. Everybody calls it SEN for short. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I mean, that's what, that's what causes people to turn around and talk about it and get excited about it because they're part, the whole, everyone in your network is part of that process and part of that group. I, I think that, that those would be incredible in terms of cultivating, um, I guess just really stronger and stronger brand for the, for the network and, and fascination and really just a lot of viral pass along. I mean, just having, having people talk yeah. about it. And it's you, so you, you when, have to, with, when you, you know, had those stories, it's incredible. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I really love this idea, Stu. Um, when, when you got those stories, were you then taking them to social media? We put them in articles. How are you guys using the stories to then as a, as a marketing tool, if you will? Well, for me, it shows I'm often guest, a guest on, on podcasts and, and interviews. So for me, it's, I, I got to, the way I tell the story of how, how to get a meeting with anyone is to give examples of how people are doing it. So the way you would tell the story of why networks make a difference in your business and why they're accelerators to your success is by telling stories about what, how that actually happened out there. Um, and so, so, right. So that, that's, um, that, that should be spread all of the, all of, all of the above. Yeah. But, but also, you know, I, I actually love that because I'm sorry, go, go ahead. Well, so no, I'm just going to say, but the, the, the award could also then be generating, um, I mean, once you have, if you have an annual award, then the press release out and get the, get the business press to start picking up on it so that they're also helping you build your brand. Really you're building your brand because the people in, in, in the network are actually getting value. And you're, you're grabbing stories of that. You're, you're starting, you're, you're sort of harvesting stories from that to, um, to actually bring that point home so that anyone else, anyone who's part of it says, wow, I've got to do more of this. I got to buckle down. And the people who aren't are saying, wow, I've got to be part of this. Yeah, no, I love this. And I, I love that for all the reasons you just talked about, including, uh, you know, I get, I'm on a ton of podcasts like you are. And people always ask us to explain what we do. Wouldn't it be a cool way to tell one of our members' story as a way to explaining, you know, what it is and how we do it? I think that's just that that's just a killer move to get people to understand what we do. Um, and it's a really cool concept, Stu. I really appreciate this, um, and we're gonna have fun with that. So. I want to talk a little bit to you about, you know, how you get your meetings with anyone. Cause I think, you know, now that you've, we've said it a couple of times, people are going to like, wait, better say what is do talking about how do you get a meeting with anyone? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. explain them a little bit about your background. Um, and for those who haven't read his bio, you need to know Stu is a hell of a cartoonist. And I in particularly, um, want to, uh, hear about the guy you mentored, um, with your cartoonist as you explain, you know, how to get a meeting with anybody. Yeah, I have I have one of the weirdest background. Well, it's a great background, but it's a it's an unusual one. So, I studied marketing in college, and that's that's my degree is in marketing. Um, but I loved cartooning, and and uh, I grew up. Let's say um, 
well, sneaking play, my brothers and I would sneak playboys out of my father's dresser drawers. And for my career started, we would, uh, <laughs> wait, we're still talking about the kind of cartooning career or <laughs> yeah, because, because I would, you know, we'd know, of course we read the articles and the, <laughs> it was a big joke about playboy. Right. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I, was, I was looking at the, uh, at the cartoons and they were, they were extraordinary. They were really, really good cartoons, great cartoonists in the magazine. Um, and I was wondering, who are these guys? I mean, I was 10, then. it's like, who are these guys? How do they do this? And, and so cartooning, it always, the only guy that goes to playboy and looks for the cartoons. I mean, well, <laughs> I haven't finished the story because, uh, fair, fair. Because, uh, well, I'll tell you why in a second, but, but I mean, the, the cartoonists, I'm just saying, God, who are these guys? How do they do this? And, and then fast forward, uh, about a dozen years, uh, or a little more than that, but. And suddenly, Gahan Wilson and Eldon Dedini, uh, the, the two prime cartoonists in, in, in Playboy, were now part of my advertising group. And, um, and, and oh, wow. I started pulling in others because I wanted to make, I wanted to work with them, but I was figuring, well, I, I, my, my innovation was to create direct mail campaigns for, for publisher magazine publishers for subscriptions. Um, and my innovation was to include this or use this personalized cartoon on the outer envelope or set the, the front panel of whatever it was, the mailer or whatever. Um, and, and we really got it down. And the thing is, I didn't want to just offer my cartooning. I wanted to offer a whole stable of cartoonists, like the best cartoonists in the world as part of my stable of cartoonists. So, so that my clients could pick anyone, they could pick Gahan Wilson, they could pick the Elton Dedini, but then they also, I also started pulling in cartoonists from the New Yorker. So, uh, um, Leo Cullum and Arnie Levin and, Bob Mankoff and others, they're just the best cartoonists in the world. And, and the mentoring that you just mentioned came, I was mentored by them. <laughs> you know, I'm working with them. I'm making the money and bringing in projects, but they're teaching me a whole lot about make my cartooning improved. I don't know, a thousand percent because I'm hanging out with these people and, and they're, they're just brilliant. They're just incredible at it. And, and they taught me how to really, how to be one of the top cartoonists. And so, um, that, led to a bunch of things. I mean, I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. I use cartoons all the time because they're great devices. They're, they're off, almost always the best read and remembered parts of magazines and newspapers. So people really pay attention to them. I guess you could say they draw them in, but, but they're really, really effective devices for getting anybody's attention and getting them to smile. And if you do that, if you laugh, if they laugh, they're, what, what laughter is and what humor is, it's about truth yeah. being revealed in a twist. So, so that's that. And, and that led to, I, you know, I, I've sent these out to, I mean, just to reach the people I needed to reach in the magazine business. These were, these were VPs of circulation and, and, and consumer marketing. And, and what I needed to do is reach about 24 people. That was it. And if I did that, I had full penetration of the, of the, of the publishing industry. And so I put together this little campaign, sent it out. It was, it was a print of a cartoon, each, of each cartoon about each recipient. Um, with a note saying, this is the device I just used to beat the controls. In other words, set new response records for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. Those were my first two assignments. Um, well, I think we should, I think we should talk. I think we should put this to the test for your titles. And I got, I was just curious. 
Hey, Donnie Bovin here, CEO of Success Champions Networking, and I just wanted to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. You know what you might think I would have gotten? What do you suppose I got for a response to a campaign like that? Um, well, knowing that it's a prime target and uh, a prime audience and you come with an ROI proposal, I know when I used to do that with direct mail and we could get you know upwards of an 80, 90% response. Uh, we could get a high response if we knew the exact yeah. target and the exact message we need to put in there. Yeah. Well, you're very, very close. hundred percent. All of them responded. All of them agreed to meet. All of them became That's clients. Awesome. So that was a hundred percent meeting rate, hundred um, percent conversion rate. And, a, um, um, and really just, it started, it launched my business. It was worth millions of dollars and it was one campaign to 24 people. And so that set me on this, um, journey to, to like, first of all, in direct response, right. I creating those big direct mail campaigns. Everybody in direct response was saying uh, 100% response rates are absolutely impossible. And um, isn't that interesting? Because we both, we both have had yep. different experiences than that. Well, uh, but but it, it turned out. There, 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 I mean, just so we're, we're, we're telling a very similar story, and I'll explain mine, then I'll give it back to you. But when I sold commercial printing, I did direct response, you know, direct mail. And what we did is we partnered with the YMCA across the U.S., you know, entire all the U.S. And what happened is when somebody toured a YMCA facility, they were asked very particular questions on the tour of what things that were they interested in and what, you know, things were they really enjoyed. When they left, the person who did the walkthrough sat down and typed out all the responses in a little form we created for them that basically put together a drop-down menu. They would then, that information would be sent to us, and we would send off a customized direct mail piece saying, hey, thanks for touring the YMCA. We know you like the pool area, the gym area. You know, it was customized 100% for them. They had an 80% response rate of people bringing those back in and becoming a, uh, becoming a member of the YMCA because of the detail of it. So that's how we were able to do it. It's very similar. Captive audience, captive message. You know, uh, it works really, really well. Tony, that's, that's incredible. That's really brilliant marketing. And, and, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's an incredible story. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, but that, that's the, the point is, you know, with the way you guys were doing direct mail to get in there, it, it's insane. I, I had a young kid once upon a time want to be on one of my podcasts and he knew he didn't have a very big story. They knew he hadn't done, well, I think he lived a cool life and he wanted to be on my podcast because he loved the show. The dude drew my caricature and sent it in and said, I don't have much of a life and story to do it. I love your show. Would love to be a guest. Nobody else had ever done a caricature of me, right? That's so I cool. instantly reached out, brought the kid on. You know, uh, we talked about him being a blacksmith and some other things, but it was just a cool way to break through the mold. And that's what I'm fascinated about you and your story about how you were able to leverage all this. So I'll let you continue on your story, but... Um, uh, 
It's, it's, it's so fascinating to me. Well, yeah. I mean, well, so I, I just, I just ended up, I'll, it'll, I'll shorten it up, uh, that, that I ended up getting really curious about what it, what's, I mean, like, I thought, aren't I cool? I have this secret weapon, like um, the cartoons. I can get through to anyone. I was getting, re I was reaching presidents, prime ministers, celebrities, and countless CEOs, or well, really seat level people and top decision makers. It's like I could meet anyone. And so then, then I got really curious, what's everyone else doing? How are they doing it? And God, there's a whole, there's a whole shadow form of marketing out there that didn't have a name when I start, when I, when I wrote my book, how to get a meeting with anyone, I called it contact marketing. And, and so, but there's this whole shadow form of marketing out there that is getting response rates as high as hundred percent, sometimes beyond. And that's, that's when people start saying, Hey, look at this thing that I got. Look at, I just want to show you this thing that I got from the yeah. guy. And, and they, and they go, well, that's incredible. Where I, I want, let me write down the number because I, I want to call them up. I want to, I want to join in as well. Yep. And so I, I can, sh I, I know we're, um, I know we're audio, but if, if your audience is also the, uh, viewing this, I can show you what one of the uh, contact devices looks like. Uh, go ahead and show it. I mean, yeah. we'll put a, a picture of it in the show notes too. Okay, cool. Um, so, right. so they can get it. Well, so that, that same cartoon, yeah. I, I, I was saying that I sent an eight by 10 print of a cartoon with a note to the, all the, the, the um, circulation folks at the publishers. And that, that has evolved into this. This is a, this is a big board <laughs> to go way back. So it's, it's an 18 by 24 inch quarter inch thick, thick home core board, um, cartoon on the front, always, always about the recipient and, and messaging and branding on the back. Um, and I said, I said this cartoon, you, you'll have to describe it. It's two women having coffee. And one of them is explaining to, to her friend, I'm going to actually I have to put a name in it. So the one that I said to Mark Cuban, um, she's saying, Mark Cuban says, you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their Mavs tickets. I tend to agree. And of course, <laughs> Mark does too, because he put it up in his, in his office. And, it, and that happens a lot. They, they don't throw them. Nobody throws these away. So, um, so that th they're just great devices for getting, getting meetings. I'm going to do, you know, you asked that question, like, where did you, you got your whole, like when I got my whole career started by sneaking playboys out of our father's professor doors. Um, and, and you were telling me, yeah, you only, you didn't you didn't look at the pictures, but I did my, the, like the most important meeting I ever had in my life was meeting my wife, who is a, a penthouse cover model. So. I did pay attention. <laughs> it just ended up that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, being a, a traditional sales guy, man, I, I've done a lot of things to get in the doors uh, to to different companies to get conversations started. You know, um, I've sent flowers in. I've sent bottles of liquor in. You know, I've done all kinds of things. I wish I would have learned about you a long time ago because I've been drawing since I was a kid. Um, sure. and you know, lettered and art in high school and drawing has always been my thing. I'm never painting or anything cause I just never got into it. Um, I, I almost want to start now, like start doing my own cartoons and sending them off to these key conversations and the likes that I need to get into just to have some fun. Cause like there's some massive podcasts and things that I'd love to be a guest on. And what a cool way to reach out to them to say, Hey, I'd love to be a guest on a show to tell my story. Yeah, you know, I'll tell so, you what's really good about that is, um, I, of course, I don't know what your cartoons look like. I don't, maybe you don't either yet, but 
but whatever they look like. Yeah, I've, I've really never done the whole cartoon side of things, so, so that'll be a whole new venture for me. Yeah, yeah, well, well I'm just going to say, though, that um, if you did it and it, maybe it came out funky because, you know, I don't know what it'll turn out like. It, it takes practice, so it doesn't matter. It, what's, really, what's really going on is it's very humanizing. I mean, it, it makes you, mm. it creates this human-to-human connection. This guy sat down and drew me this cartoon. This is really cool. It's about my podcast and yeah. I really appreciate, they just appreciate that. And it, you know, it just, just like the kid you, you mentioned a, a moment ago who sent you the, the, the caricature, it, it just, that, that, um, that effort that, that he took stands out, makes him stand out, makes him a, a human being. Now, how do you come up with the creative sayings? Like, you know, Mark Cuban can judge people by, or tell personality by their map ticket type thing. Where do you come up with those concepts and ideas and things like that? Oh man, it's one of the most, I think it's one of the most challenging things that I get to do. And they don't, yeah. just, they don't just pop out, but I don't know. They're just these funny things that happen. And, um, and you, or you might overhear someone saying something and think, okay, that's it. That's, that's a cartoon right there. And, um, I, I was in the grocery store, uh, a while ago and I was, I was behind this, this woman at the deli counter. She was, she was being helped. I was waiting. And, um, and so the, the deli worker, she sliced some meat, she brought it over to the, to this woman and she said, would you like to taste it? And he said, she says, I don't care what it tastes like. I'm, yeah, I don't care what it tastes like. It's for my husband. I just said, okay. <laughs> so I asked, I had them pose for right. me. <laughs> but pardon me, but so you might overhear something, um, or, or I don't know. I mean, I just. Um, I, I don't know. They just, a lot of times these ideas pop in, pop to mind. They, you just have to wait for them to pop into your head, I guess. Or you just sit, there's another method, which is if to sit down and say, damn it, I'm going to come up with one. And so you write and write and write until all of a sudden, boom, there it is. So that, that may work as well. Um, but there, it's the toughest part because yeah. they, think about what it is. This is pure concept. It's, it's, it's pure insight. When you, when someone when, when someone laughs, when we laugh at something, we're always saying, I mean, like before we can even stop laughing, we're saying, oh my God, it's so true. Or that's so true. We hear that. Right. Words come out of our mouths all the time. And so, so the, the, um, the caption really is, it's the idea, it's the whole idea. It's what everything is centered on for the, for the cartoon. So you've got to, I guess you either have to wait for those ideas to pop into mind or push it um, or draw something and maybe write maybe write it after. Sometimes some cartoonists do it that way. They'll draw something, just elements that don't fit together, the non sequiturs. And, and then they'll, they'll write and write and tell, okay, there it is. That's, that's the cartoon. Does that make sense? Mm. It's, it does. It does. It's, and it's completely fascinating because, you know, when I think about drawing for me, I'm a free form, you know, drawer. I don't usually, it's a lot of times I don't even necessarily have an idea of what I'm drawing in place. It metamorphs into something you know, uh, from a doodle or something else will create an entire landscape. So like on my desktop right now, my whole desk is covered in doodles um, that started for uh, a freaking a little mosaic I was doing and that turned into a plant that turned into a complete office space and it turned into a complete office space that's being ripped in half by an ax, right? So, I mean, it's pretty insane where it continued to evolve. So your idea of either finding the statement out in the, out in the wild, if you will, or 
just start drawing and, and then write to the drawing makes that, that works for my mindset and how I approach drawing in the first place. So, um, that, that could be a lot of good, a lot of fun. I, I had a idea once upon a time to create, so I have my goat farm where we got goats, chicken, ducks, and geese on there. Had the idea to start a goat cartoon with the play off the words, greatest of all time. And actually mm-hmm. that I have goats. So this might be my incentive to, to do just that. So, uh, I, I don't think, I'll do I think that's a great strip, idea. I like I think it's a great idea. You know, you know I, I, just to, further to your question, you know, you might also think in terms of how can I take, maybe, maybe one is how do I take an expression to it? Like where, where does that make the, the most, or where, where does that come to this inter- intersection with just complete ridiculousness? So, so I have one where we're looking down sort of a flies, a flies eye view of in, in an office, um, in a meeting room and there are people seated around the table. And the, the the guy leading the the uh, the meeting has his finger on a on the key of a of a tape player on the on the table, um, and there's one one fellow left standing, and he's looking rather sheepish, and he's saying he's saying, "Sorry, Bob, the music stopped. You didn't find a chair. You're fired." So musical chairs. I mean, we we play musical chairs throughout life all the time. Right. So it does actually make sense, but it's carried to its ridic- to its ridiculous conclusion if if people at a meeting. <laughs> If the boss says, "All right, everyone, get up," we're going to play this Walk music. Because right? <laughs> one of you is going to get fired. Did I? Um, or I had another yeah. one that I, I did, I sort of another HR theme where there, where the HR guy is, is is talking to a ventriloquist and his dummy, and and uh, and he's saying, "We're going to have to let one of you go." <laughs> And that would be interesting to figure out which one goes. But just sort of carrying it to a, to a point of ridiculous uh, suddenly creates this this insight. It's, it's kind of a cool thing, cool process. I don't really start with, okay, what's the insight that I want to impart necessarily? It's just, I don't know, I'm thinking of what, what's funny. I don't know, just what funny things can, what work play can I play with? And, 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 um, and suddenly if something pops up as funny, you'll find that it always has some element of, truth revealed that's what it, that's what they're actually all about so do do you go down a path of like uh i want to teach something or make bring awareness to something and start your concept there or or, or is it more you just organically let everything flow i want well if it depends if it's for the journal then and it's just for it's not going to be personalized then and yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I don't know, I'm just looking for funny ideas. And when they, when they popped ahead into mind, then uh, I just give a little bit of thought, like I can, I, now I can categorize it and say, okay, cool. Because what that'll do is it'll, it'll have this message. I can see it right away. Um, but the other one, if I, if it's for, if it's for, for campaigns, the cartoon I held up just a moment ago of the two women having coffee, um, I personalized it with, with Mark Cuban's information and he sells Mavs tickets, but other people, if you were right. That's a great cartoon for reaching out to people and connecting with them. So if I was reaching out to, I don't know, people that are pool contractors, then, you know, and one of them was Bob Smith, then she'd be saying in the caption that I'd send to Bob, she'd be saying, Bob Smith says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their pool. I tend to agree. And of course, Bob would totally agree with that. So we'd go, oh my God, that's so cool. That's hilarious. If I was sending it to roofers, it would be right. uh, so and so says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their roof. I tend to agree. So 
I'm, I'm playing, or if it's a sales team, that's looking at their pipeline. So, um, yeah, there are these, these certain elements that have to be part of that. They, well, they're, they're data insertion points. Who are they? What, what's their names? And, and what do they do or what do they sell ends up being in the caption. And that makes it very, very relevant. Have you ever done it from a, like a teaching aspect? Like you're trying to teach a concept and then use the cartoons along that line. Cause like, I'm, I'm thinking about my content. A lot of my content is centered around teaching how to network at the level that we network. Um, you know, uh, is there a way that you've taught in that, that way by using cartoons? Um, I sort of, I mean, if I get, if I, if I keynote, if I give speeches, then I'll, I'll and we're, and I'm using slides and I usually do. And there are cartoons to make those points. Um, and then in my, well, in one of my books, in, in How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, at the, each chapter started with a cartoon. So I, I suppose in that way, yes. But I haven't used it as, let's say, a training a training device. Uh, I know you do training, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, yeah. the point is, well, uh, you know, it's just, it's drawing, a, literally, it's drawing out a point of agreement. So... Everyone says they laugh and they go, huh, but you know, that's really true. Yeah, so I agree. And and so it's a great way to do that and, and to make make this point that like no one can argue with it then. They're, they all get it. If they get the cartoon, they're also getting the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm already in my head of all the funny things that we could play off of because there's a lot of people that network really, really badly. Um, and doing cartoons of bad networking uh, could be funny and it would also teach the point of you shouldn't do this thing, you know, like the guys that go out and do nothing but collect all the business cards. I don't know how to put that all together, you know, but they get home, they put the cards on their desk and then they never do anything with them. Or the guys that do nothing but walk up and start pitching you as soon as they see you, you're like, oh, let me sell you whatever widgets or crap they're into. So there's a lot of things that you could play off of. Um, that That's going to be a fun project for me to tackle. Yeah. And I yeah. can already hear all my advisors and coaches going, God, don't give him something else he can get creative on. <laughs> oh, because um, I'm a guy that thinks Canva is the greatest invention uh, that's ever hit this world. Um, Canva is just an amazing program because it allows me to be creative and productive at the same time with a lot of cool things. That's cool. So, I mean, my, my favorite is Photoshop. So I get, to, I get to paint the cartoons and boom, all of a sudden I have something really cool. Hey, would you like to see another, another form of that? Let me just, I, you know, cause sure. I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, so, you know, again, I, I'm using cartoons to, to, to move something along. So, um, I'm going to show you one card I'm doing. We're, we're also doing cards, which is it's a new thing for us, but cards as contact devices. And so <clears throat> I have this one cartoon that I use, um, when, when someone, when someone's not calling me back, I, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what's going on? Why are they not? I mean, because this has now gone gone on too long. Well, I don't know what's going on, but we really need to get in touch, and I can't get this person back on the phone. So um, I might send them this cartoon. I'm going to show it to you, but I'm going to fill your name in. So, so uh, if you were the guy that was that was um, not calling me back, I'd send you this card, and and it's saying, um, "Hi." I think you can see there's a guy in the desert by by a payphone. Oh, he's on a payphone, maybe Route 66 somewhere. Yeah, and he's saying, "Hi, Donnie. It's me again. Listen, I don't know if you've been checking your voicemail all last week." But I'm still here at the same number, waiting for your call. This guy's, this guy's been <laughs> for a week or two, waiting for you to call back. And and it gets the thing is, it just it breaks the ice. Um, it just causes people to go, oh gosh, it's a pattern interrupt. So they just they go, oh my god, I got to call 
kind of called Donnie back. I mean, I can't, I can't leave this any longer. This is funny. Yeah. Um, and it's also humanizing. I think that's a theme everywhere. Another one that I use uh, when, when there's a stalled um, proposal is this one. So if, if I had sent you a proposal and, and, you, and you weren't responding, I might send you this card. So it's this guy cradling the phone on his shoulder and he's going through some papers. And he's saying, hey, Donnie, listen, I, I, I got your proposal. And I like, I'm sorry, hey, Donald, we got your proposal and I like everything except having to pay you. So I think that's all through. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a problem with every proposal. <laughs> but, and if I send that with a note inside that just says, hey, Donnie, um, sorry it didn't work out this time, maybe next time. I usually, I say about 50% of the time, it causes people to call back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. No, I, I didn't mean to, to ignore you. I was just waiting for this one guy to get back to me on a budget question. But yes, let's do this. You know, you get, you get things like that. And, yeah. and you need to get that prompted or else it doesn't happen. Yeah, I, dude, I love that. I mean, I, I, I've taught for a number of years, like my favorite phrase when you're getting ghosted and not going to reply is just send an email with the subject line have you been eaten by an alligator? Um, and all we were going for is just the ridiculousness of it. And we got a high response rate of people replying back. No, just been busy. been swamped. Another one version we did was we give them three options is one. The first option was we, we talked, we haven't heard from you. Uh, number one, you've been busy. You haven't been able to get back to it. No big deal. You're waiting to get back to us at a later point. Number two, you've won the lottery. You've now sailed off and live on an island by yourself and life is good and you're never going to do business ever again. Or three, you decided we weren't a good fit and you just didn't want to hurt my feelings. Just reply back with one, two, or three, right? Yeah, so yeah. I love your step because, you know, that puts it in their email, but you're putting them a tangible piece of property in their hand. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, to, yeah, I like to the idea of putting something in their hands because they don't get that very often. Yep. Even that is a pattern interrupt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really, really smart. I, we, I think know, we think a lot alike, actually. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it's the creative side of things. You know, um, uh, I think creatives just tend to think differently in general. Um, and it's a pretty wicked combination. We take a creative that also has a vision and driven um, you know, they're going to make some things happen just by thinking outside of the box on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's been really, really fun getting to know you. I'm just curious, you know, you've built some pretty successful businesses. What do you think is like the, the, the biggest thing people need to have in mind or do to scale a business? What is there, is there, a thought process you've carried with you along the way? Is there a mechanics behind it you've done? What's been that big thing for you to build your business to the level you have? It, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to just bring it back to, to weed strategy because the weeds, they just, they've completely crystallized it for me. Mixed metaphors, but they've really just made it very, very clear to me that we need unfair advantages. No business will stay in business without them. So what are yours? And and what kinds of unfair advantage, new unfair advantages can you cultivate? I have some. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Wall Street Journal cartoonist. That's been a great unfair advantage in certain circumstances. Um, it causes, when, I'm, when my cartoons appear there, then they reach a million, a couple million readers. So that's a great, great thing. I have a couple of books out. Don't, and one of them, I, I think, seems like it's, it's going to be kind of a classic in, in the sales arena. It was, it was named one of the top 64. Well, you know, it's how to get a meeting with anyone. 
who was named one of the top 60 right. sales books of all time. And we're, we're about to, we're, now we're, we're, um, we're working on updating it. So we'll have a new edition of it coming up in about a year. Uh, it just seems oh. to keep going and going. So that's a great unfair advantage. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I've got a bunch of them, but the, those, I, I guess the other one is just the, the collaborations that I'm doing. So they're, and that's a different category. So it's unfair advantages. And then what, like, who can you collaborate with? And I think Weeds would ask us if they could talk to us, they'd say, they wouldn't ask us. They'd say, <clears throat> you need to, if you want to grow, you need to team up with the smartest people you know as fast as you can and and come up with collaborations. And I'm doing that. In fact, I think you and I might end up doing one. I, I'd love to do one with you. I mean, what sure. I'm doing is I, I, yep. I'm teaming up with some of the authors I know and other, just very, some of the most impressive people I know. And we're putting together growth growth summits um, in bucket list locations around the world. And and that's going to be a blast. That's just going to be an absolute blast. In the meantime, though, we expose each other to our audiences. So each of us gets a big benefit 100%. from it. And we're combining what, what our specialties are. Mine was weed strategy and growth, growth strategy based according to weeds. Um, and then if, um, if I'm teaming up with, let's say, Mark Hunter is one of the top sales authors, then um, it's you know, sales is, is fuel for growth. These things are going to mix really, really well. <laughs> so, so I, so it's also then just the spirit of radical collaboration. How can I collaborate with, with as many people as possible to expand my market, to expand my, my brand and to expand my opportunities, to expand the, just the, the, the people that the amount of people that I'm, I'm gaining access to and, 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 and creating these really interesting, um, combinations you know there's a guy i don't know if you know daniel disney um daniel is a big he's a big uh influencer on on linkedin um i think he has a million Sounds followers really on linkedin that's a pretty big following wow. on linkedin um yeah that's a big he, number he once asked me um hey do you, would you ever do a, a, a course on on creating cartoons or just you know cartooning and and but but you know <laughs> apply it to sales do you do you offer a, a a course like that, I, I didn't, but I'm just thinking who better to team up with to do a course on cartooning for sales than Daniel Disney. I mean, think about his last name for what? Right. He'd be amazing. He'd just be right. amazing. So, Absolutely. So we got to find those really golden opportunities for, for these, these great collaborations. And when you do that, like everything just changes. It just changes. So unfair advantages and radical collaboration. I mean, even with your clients, find ways to, we just discussed it with with your networking um, company, but because you're because the networkers are your clients, and you're finding ways to collaborate right. with all of them, really. So, so that Absolutely. I mean, just the spirit of radical collaboration is is key as well. We don't do it on our own. Yeah, and I look, collaboration is how I've built everything. If I were completely honest, I mean. You know, sure, I've shown up and put my brand out there on a regular basis, but it's always been the relationships that I've built. You know, podcasting has been an amazing tool to to meet so many fascinating people. And, you know, because of podcasting, I've gotten into the conversations I damn near wouldn't have dreamed of getting into. You know, like, in all honesty, I'm sitting across from a, you know, freaking legendary freaking cartoonist right now. You know, I mean, that's that's a huge moment for me you know, to have those type of moments because yeah, you, 
and it's all because of a podcast, right? So, so you find unique ways to get in some amazing conversations. And I think that's the foundation for anybody to, to go. And I love the phrase, you know, uh, radical collaboration, because you almost have to get to a mindset of no is not an answer. You know, there, cause sometimes when you get in collaboration conversations, at least I'll speak for myself, you go to that place of crap. Can we afford that yet? Can we do this yet? You know, what are all those pieces? And you have to learn to turn off the noise and go, okay, let's just go with it and see what the hell happens. Um, and, and that ability to let go in the moment has produced some pretty spectacular things, you know, for us. So, uh, you should totally coin that phrase, radical collaboration, if you haven't, um, <laughs> because it's a powerful statement. <laughs> yeah. The more we think in those, in those ways, the more we're going to grow. And it, it's, it's like magic. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's do it. We could do this all day long. I could obviously sit here and continue to geek out with you for hours. Um, and, and I think we keep everybody entertained, but we try and keep these under an hour. So how do people find you? How do they reach out? Um, how do they connect with you? Well, there are a couple of ways. Um, if you have the spelling of my name, you can go to my author site. So that's stuheinek.com, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. -E. Um, and, and, and I'd love to have you go there. And if you sign up to be on my list, then you get the first two chapters of how to get a meeting with anyone. I'm sorry, of, of how to grow your business like a weed for free. Love to have you do that. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, and, and just mention that, that you heard me on Donnie's show. That would be great. I'd be, I'd be very appreciative of that. Um, and if you want, if you're curious about some of those contact devices, come to cartoonlink.com and check out the cards. It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, um, this was a tremendous value for me. I love the hell out of hanging out with you, Stu. Um, listeners, if you guys got any value out of this whatsoever, do me a favor and take a screenshot of this episode, wherever you're listening to, whatever device you're on, and go to social media and post out there that you've listened to this, mission, this episode. Tag me and Stu in it. If I can find that tag, I will come comment on it, try and give you some love on that. But you taking those screenshots and putting it out there just lets us know that this is the content you want us to keep continue to uh, promote and put out there in the marketplace. So, as always, guys, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So, like me, they don't often reach out for advice, they don't get support, they just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.